we've just started planning a trip normally every two years i've got my wife and i and two other couples we go on a on, on a cruise somewhere around the world but we don't feel comfortable doing that this year so we're staying put in the united states and we're going to go to Yellowstone National Park, Grand Teton, and Park City. So if anybody has been to those places and knows some you know, must-do things there, reach out to me. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because we've not been to any of those locations yet. Um, and I just put something in the chat regarding customer um, uh, customer org charts. I've used, uh, I, Salesforce was my CRM and I was looking for an overlay to CRM to start some strategic account planning for enterprise customers. And I found a package called Altify and Altify has a great module in it for your do, developing your white space for upsells and cross sells and things like that. But it has some wonderful relationship mapping modules in there that really enable you to build out a great customer org chart who, inter, who, who intersects with who, who are the influencers, who are the decision makers, what part of the political role they play in their company, really some good stuff if you're looking for customer org charts. Very cool, thank you. Haven't um, heard of that one, but um, that's what the community is for and about. Can you share anything, uh, David, about what you do then with this information? Um, how are you dealing with the people that are not your friends, right, in the org chart, uh, but have huge uh, political influence? Absolutely. So the first thing that, that I used it for at my last company was to be able to create a customer org chart. I was building an executive, um, executive engagement model. So I wanted to see where the gaps were between my team and my company and my customers' teams. So I created the customer org chart and then we, we took our org chart and overlaid the two next to each other so we could see who was responsible for keeping up with who and where the gaps were. Um, and then <clears throat> as, as we had a need, we looked to see, so, so let's say um, Bertle, because he used to kick, you know, he had a relation, he had a reputation of kicking people out of break rooms. He was a guy that we didn't <laughs> like and he didn't make good decisions. So we would look to see who influenced him we would build a better relationship with that person and then that person would help us build that relationship with Bertle. And that's typically how we would use it. Okay, thank you. Very good. Sure. Appreciate it. So Rebecca, um, you raised your hands uh, as well and other people come on, step up. Even if you haven't spoken in your groups, now is the chance. Um, I'm Rebecca Nerad, Vice President of Customer Success at E2Open. Um, glad to be here again. And um, from the travel side, if anybody has particular recommendations on Norway and Sweden by water, I'll take them. We can talk about that offline. Um, and I, but but to dig in on the org chart piece, I guess there there are a couple um, things that come to mind. First, there are some great tools that integrate naturally into something like Salesforce, um, which I've been, you know, which I've been lucky enough to use in the past. Um, and I don't want to talk about specific tools so much as the process around it, right? Like who maintains it and who's responsible for it. At my company, we, we segment our customers and it, we have two very separate segments. So for the small and medium business or the growth segment, we have a single person who's responsible for sales, renewals, kind of everything. And that person owns the org chart, um, mm -hmm. kind of the strategy on how to integrate to an account. But more commonly, most of our customers fall into actually more of a strategic and an enterprise segment where we have a CSM, 
and an account director, right? The salesperson responsible. And, and for those accounts, it's actually not just initially, but always that at our company, right? That the salesperson is responsible for that org chart, the maintenance of that. But it's collaborative between the CSM and the salesperson on how are we targeting it? Who's covering what relationships? Who's stronger here? How are we going to build out and understand the rest of the organization? I would say that's a real, it's a strategic plan on who covers that, um, even though the owner, you know, is the is the salesperson in this case, um, right? Because the um, there's a lot of overlap with, you know, the amount of revenue for these strategic customers. It just makes sense to have a consistent sales and CSM involvement. Um, but the reminder that I would suggest to everyone, right, when it when it comes to this, it's not just creating, having a good tool, like, can I actually put together the org chart in a place, you know, right, where that's not too complicated? Can I share it, right? Something like, like I said, if it's integrated into something like Salesforce, that's great. But more importantly, it's also keeping it updated because that's where we fail, right? There'll be some big project that says, hey, everybody go and update your org charts and they do it. And then, you know, and, it, and months and months pass. And even when we know that a stakeholder changes at the customer, did we go update the, you know, the, the chart, you know, unless we actually use them and continue to keep them living, then that's, you know, I think that's where we kind of stumble. If we don't have that conversation to work on how we, um, you know, how we develop our relationships. Yes, and um, you stole my uh, question thunder there because I was about to ask you, it's all good um, on paper, but how are people actually living it? And um, so um, thanks for also sharing those challenges with everyone that people don't go too blue-eyed into proposing such a relationship. Much appreciated. Marcus, you raised your hands as well. Thank you. So uh, take it away. Yeah, I'll, I'll, mine's going to be pretty quick, uh, only because I do have a hard stop uh, today, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to two of the tools that I've seen a lot of success with, which is in using Lucidchart and uh, because they have some great integrations with Salesforce and LinkedIn. Uh, and it, what's nice is you can add additional context into these charts. Uh, I've seen some really good you know, account or success plans kind of built into the chart. So as you're looking at the org chart and sharing it with anyone else, they can see all the background on the company. Uh, but more recently, mm -hmm. I've had the problem of being in organizations where no one has done really any account mapping. So you're coming in green, not knowing the account, you know, needing to get up to speed very quickly. And Chartloop, uh, which is a very young startup, has been great in the fact that they will auto map an account for you. They will go out, they basically use LinkedIn and you know you plug in the, the company, the department and the geography, and it'll come back and say, here's everyone we've identified and who they report to. And uh, it makes your life a lot easier. I don't know if they auto update as of yet, uh, but you know you are able to identify you know, who's you know, a, a champion or detractor and think, uh, you know, whoever else you might want to uh, identify on there. And you know, being that they're young, I, I, I see them hopefully continue to expand and add in a lot of the feature sets that we're looking for. So I okay, just wanted so to add that out there. Uh, chart loop? Mm -hmm. And I dropped it in the chat a little bit ago uh, for everyone. Oh, so perfect. I think the Thank link you. should be in there. Andreas, I just I have to take off, but this is Tanya. I wanted to add a quick comment that I think in addition to mapping out the org chart, it's also really important to think about the kind of influence framework that's happening within an account as well. 
Um, and sometimes that's a little bit harder to represent in, in a chart or, or whatever. Um, I know that, you know, not to put a plague out there for Gainsight, but I know that Gainsight had worked on, on building some of that kind of stuff is the sort of influence structure with, within the org chart. Um, and I don't have any great solutions as far as how we're, we're killing that here, but I do think that that's uh, an important part of sort of understanding first how the, the organization is structured and also how the um, influence is, is distributed. Yes, um, which is something I wanted to ask uh, Marcus about, because that's exactly um, having an org chart to navigate is really only the first step, then understanding um, how the people in the organization, wherever they are, can influence uh, positively and negatively um, your adoption plans, your upsell renewals, anything, everything, right? And that's where uh, the next challenge comes along. And while I always um, personally challenge CSMs to find other than some technical champions, also that, um, um, that political um, sensitivity to see who else is around, right? And what is happening in conversations that they are not participating in and how to uh, leverage the relationships that they have to get introduced to other people, understand about their values and so on and so forth. I know it's arduous, but um, it, um, it has um, been very beneficial in the past. So thanks uh, for bringing that up. Uh, Josh at Aquawave, you raised your hands as uh, well, so you take it away next, please. Sure. Actually, I just wanted to double down on what was just said, as well as uh, what Rebecca had said, and add uh, some context. So, uh, to give everyone context for me, uh, I'm co-founder of uh, Cloudsploit, a cloud security SaaS that we actually grew via customer success rather than uh, focusing on uh, on sales. And one of the points that I'm hearing and I also want to add to is the idea of uh, the teamwork that goes between a sales effort, often top down, and the ability for the customer success manager to build consensus bottom up, that is users going up for that land and expand um, you know, strategy that I think we're all, yeah. we're all party to exactly. So, you know, I, I look at this as the customer success manager's responsibility to in essence, uh, make a clear, uh, to clear the landscape for that upsell and hopefully, you know, depending on the organization cross-sell uh, to other opportunities. So um, when we're talking about mapping the relationship, I think someone else had mentioned mapping the influence relationship, not necessarily the hierarchical relationship. Um, and that is a, a context I want to add into this uh, just to make the conversation harder. Well, yeah, definitely. And um, I hope you joined um, this week's uh, session early enough to hear about the next cybersecurity uh, forum. And that's happening in February. So hopefully um, I'll see you there as well. Yeah, I mean, if there's any other cybersecurity folks, um, I would love to connect with you. That's my niche is customer success and cybersecurity, AppSec, CloudSec, etc. I'll put my link in. That's enough for me. All righty, well, uh, send me an invite on LinkedIn um, and um, I'll make sure to extend a personalized invitation. Well, Matt Vidala uh, speaks up next. Hi, Matt, good to see you. Good to see you, Andreas. Happy to see you and Bertel running the helm today. Thanks for this. Uh, as I see with everything, you know, an org chart is a cross-collaborative effort. It's 
the it's a success individual the success team running with it however they're getting a lot of input from their account managers from the sales team and when you have that cross collaboration again the thing that i continue to see fail and i always always love to impress upon people different ways to think about this is impressing that value why do i need you to go out and do this but not only why do i need you why does the organization need for you to do it but okay maybe that's not enough what's in it for you and I think even Josh just brought it up. Thank you for your incessant nods there, Josh. I love it. Um, like you just said, you have all those opportunities. You have the expand, you have the cross sell, you have all these other things. Why are you even going to bother doing it? We do that for our customers and saying why we should even meet with them. They don't want to meet with us, but we have to impress value to them as to why they should meet with us. The same we should be doing for our colleagues as well. I need your help with this, but why should you even bother taking time out of your day? You're not doing it just for me. There will be something in it for you. So a little bit can go a long way, and hopefully we can all uh, uh, all impress the benefit of that. But of course, I definitely would love to hear from the group any challenges that you've had uh, with your colleagues in running into those things, because hopefully I've kicked off a good way to approach that. Well, thank you um, for stirring up the uh, conversations here a little bit. So. Anastasia hopefully will also approach the uh, topic of when, when you talk about org chart and organization and political influencers and detractors and all this good kind of stuff that sounds very major accountish. But, um, and um, Jeff, I may call on you next hint, 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 because you have what, 98,000 customers and I'm sure you cannot maintain an org chart for all of them. So pointing that out and maybe Jeff and others can share about this, um, what to do if you don't have the luxury. But uh, before we get there, Anastasia, good to see you and uh, I'm curious what you have to contribute. Hi guys, so I think the biggest challenge that I've always came about is why do we need to document? Why do we need to put notes in the account? Why all that? And <coughs> excuse me, the the real simple answer is that it helps you do your job because ultimately sometimes a person either leaves the company, they could be out sick, they could be on vacation and you get a call from a customer. You don't want to look like somebody who doesn't communicate cross-functionally within the company. You want to have all those notes for success. It's essentially you know, it's your roadmap of what's going on with that particular client if it's an issue. Obviously, uh, when the scale is much greater, like Jeff's 97,000 customers, um, it's a lot harder to do. But I think it's important to remember when you're on a call, when you're doing product support, whatever it may be, it's always good to to use that practice because it helps you do your job that it may not be relevant day to day, but at some point it will become relevant where you can look it up and see, oh, hey, we had all this history of these calls and now we can uh, help products steer in the right direction or we can help support steer in the right direction and we can actually make a bigger roadmap for, uh, for the future to address all those common problems. Thank you, exactly. And I appreciate Jeff for uh, volunteering before you get voluntold. So <laughs> the floor is yours. Well, I, I know how you work too, Andreas. So I, I'll throw myself under the bus before I can be pushed. Um, so yeah, I never thought my claim to fame would be 97, uh, soon to be 100,000 customers. So we have the very unsexy way of uh, building uh, that crossover org chart. And, and we just do it in handover notes in our CRM, which of course is Pipedrive. That's who I work for. Uh, that's who, what we do. Uh, we've also been broke, um, reinvented Pipedrive to be our CS platform because 
we could not find anything on the market, even after we purchased one and uh, threw a lot of time into it to, to get one to do something with the volumes that we have. Um, so that's the, the first thing. This is a whole nother separate conversation. Um, but what we do with the, the customers once they tr go from file to pay is that we, um, we enhance that with Clearbit data and a couple other sources. And then that we build a Jeff, are we losing you or am I losing it? I think Jeff is either oh. frozen. <laughs> always smiling, always smiling. You never know when you're going to get an internet issue. Can I, can I add a point while um, Jeff yes, might answer, please? Go ahead, boys. Um, I've used a tool called, the, the, the question around um, Orgchild for customers, Instead, I think has two sides. Attack, with, right? does, um, a whole different team outside of customers. Jeff, your internet uh, connection is very bad. I'm muting you. Oh, okay. Uh, Boas, please. So the, the question Sorry. around Orgchild has two sides to it. One is to map what it looks like, who has the right, um, you know, authority and issue and what, what are the, essentially what are the personas we're dealing with. And the other one is track the level of relations, the level of engagement, how well we do things with them, right? These things need to go hand in hand. Precisely. Especially, especially when you start to get into scale, it's critical to minimize the dependency on people updating data into the system because that doesn't scale and that makes everything extremely subjective. I've used a tool called, in the past, I've used a tool called Comico. I believe they were purchased by someone, uh, K-O-M-I-K-O. It's essentially a tool that sits on your email server and map the emails coming in and going out between our people and customers into Salesforce in the right way, and then you can report on it. So they had a couple of really fascinating graphs, right? For example, there was one graph that had a stack, you know, two stack bars, one our people and the other one is the customer people and who's talking to who and how much and you could monitor by week by month by year you know who's talking to whom and who's maintaining the level of relations and can get into sophisticated reports about the trends and the correlation to renewal and expansion etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, for me again when i used it it was a very effective way to create some scale without asking people to do anything you sent an email to the yep. customer we logged it right you got an email back we logged it etc cetera, etc cetera. So. Perfect. Thank you. Um, exactly. Like we heard be before, it's all nice to write down these uh, lofty visions and processes. And if nobody follows them along, then uh, it, it becomes very stale very, very uh, quickly. So uh, appreciate also the technology shout out there. Verbal? Yes, I just wanted to add something that I keep coming across whenever I'm moving to a new role and asking for the handover when it comes to the off chart. It sounds um, kind of one-on-one, but often we see company making this mistake where the, the business model of a SaaS platform is bottom up. That means everyone's going to have access to their own profile without being centralized to an organization. All the, uh, the recommendation to build the org chart are great. But remember one thing that when uh, an employee is offboarding the company and moving on to, some, to another um, to a competitor or another industry, it's very important to centralize all of this data. You're, and I'm speaking here directly to, do, uh, to the uh, leaders on the um, online today. <clears throat> centralize the data, spend the additional investment to centralize the data because again, you see that on the sales navigator, for example, when everyone has their own license, when they stop paying, they pull the plug and the information is vanished. We lose the information. And so how I just want to emphasize how important it is 
for all the loose leaders on the call to centralize information and make it available when there is someone else, another customer success to join the team. Very good, yes, thank you. Um, with the average lifespan of someone in customer success is 18 months, right? That internal churn is something that we have to account for as a priority measure, not just as a nice to have on the lower um, 100 uh, action items list. So um, good, uh, good comment there. Laurie, you raised your hands and then hopefully I can pick on uh, my friend Matt there, um, what he has to share about his time at SAP and Boris now in regards to org charts. Hi, yes, so what I was gonna say is that um, in, in the roles that I've had, whether I was in leadership um, or working as a CSM, that basically when we had that internal um, kickoff call or even through onboarding, we made sure that if sales was handing something off that it got handed off to the, to the CSM because to us, the CSM is the general manager of that account. So they wanna make sure that they are, you know, anything that changes that um, they are definitely in the know. So um, from that point on in our daily standup calls, we would have Trello cards and a Trello card would be assigned to, uh, you know, whatever sprint we're in, whatever we're working with, something would be assigned. So we would definitely make sure that that CSM, if that's who we chose um, to be in charge of that org chart, that um, they were following on their task. And, you know, through the Trello, it sends an email to that person and they're held accountable for it. So it's really about the owner or whoever um, management is is giving it to that that CSM is is held accountable for what they need to stay on top of. So I, I really think it just comes down to accountability um, and uh, making sure that uh, through sprints, whether we're doing lessons learned, uh, sometimes that's come up, you know, the org chart didn't get updated. So that was a lesson we learned in that sprint. So really just staying on task and um, accountability for everybody's role. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Um, Matt, any comments you want to share uh, with your collective wisdom before I call on uh, Jeremy? Yeah, hi, Andres. Uh, yeah, thanks for waking me up there. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, I guess so, a couple of points, really. So I think historically and traditionally for me, a lot of the, the org structures that we've inherited um, within to our CSM roles and teams very much comes from the sales handoff. Um, so you find that coming across from sales methodology templates and structures, whether it is TAS, whether it is Miller-Hyman, whether it's Medic, whatever those sales methodologies are in place, you often inherit that org structure. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a good starting point, but often that is very much created with an end in mind, are you trying to sell something? Um, and we very rarely get to a situation where those are the same contacts that you want to manage proactively as the CSM assigned to, to the account. So you've got one problem there. Um, I think I think there's also another potential problem um, and that's a cultural or behavioral shift that's needed from CSMs. I think traditionally we still feel very comfortable being introduced to that one or two points of contact that we have. We build a great relationship with them. We think we've got a great relationship with them, but we're very comfortable with just those one or two contacts. So you've really got to change the behaviors from your CSMs where you're asking them to go wide and deep into your customer base. So minimizing the risk of those single points of contact. And that is a real behavioral shift. So for me, this goes back to, I can't remember, we had a conversation on this in one of the groups uh, a few months back, um, where actually 
you start looking at your CSMs having sales training, not because you want them to become sales, but because you want them to have that behavior that comes traditionally from sales. So asking the questions and how you navigate an organization by asking those traditional sales type questions. So look, background is, I think traditionally we get very comfortable with the org yeah. to get past it, passed to us, but actually we've got to take ourselves outside of our comfort zone to start asking questions to navigate where else we want to build relationships or contacts within our customer base. Thank you. Um, definitely, um, like you pointed out, CSMs are the, not typically accustomed to do this same type of exploration within the organization than someone who is in sales, which is something that is, of course, uh, very much needed. I want to give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Dalton, who is uh, doing on-the-job training with his uh, latest CSM. Um, looks like his daughter, so um, good to have both of you on the call. As we move on to um, Jeremy, um, Jeremy, Hi. take it away. Um, I think I've tended to be in organizations that uh, didn't quite have product market fit, or two years out, we would laugh at where we were thinking we had product market fit. And so I have a strategy that I've tried to use and I'd be interested to see how it resonates or if other people do it. I don't know that it scales. And so it's a much different thing. I don't have 100,000 customers. Um, but the idea is uh, we're all familiar with the customer journey and uh, we're familiar with product roadmaps and we start to graft on where are people trying to get to. And I've taken to thinking of all the different contacts at a company as being these mini customer journeys and where are they trying to get to. And so I would print out or use Lucidchart and say, this is the customer journey. This is what we're trying to do with the org. And then here are all the different people in the organization and let's use the exact same uh, template to show a customer journey where are they trying to get to. And then yeah. use that to the team cross-functionally how can we help this person get to the outcome that they're trying to achieve at the individual level? Are they trying to progress? Are they, what is the human motivation behind it? Um, and it, it really helps bring in the rest of the cross-functional teams who want to come with solutions um, and, and be part of that threading in relationship. Um, and I've had good success with that, but again, it's been at the sort of uh, high touch rather than at scale. Um, so I just wanted to offer that up as, as something that works really well to involve the rest of your colleagues and how it's a team sport and uh, raise issues of how we can help each other at the human level. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and Boas is giving already a thumbs up as well as this Emily and others that um, expecting someone else, but not me to do all this arduous work is a good recipe for failure, right? So if you have any type of intelligence whether you're an engineer that got um, called into a customer in a situation, whether you're in support, whether you're in finance and you were dealing with um, some of the invoicing issues and here's something about anything, that there is this culture within your company to funnel this at least somewhere. Uh, you, you, you may not be the expert in modifying an org chart, but that you're like, I should let someone uh, know about this. So highly appreciate this. And uh, coming back to uh, Matt's comment about the various uh, sales methodologies. So I'll see um, if I can put this um, on our artifacts because it is now a defunct uh, sales methodology, target account selling and the templates around this. But what I liked about this one was that it had 
um, well, it's so old that it's paper-based um, and it had a section on one of the pages where you would draw that org chart and uh, different type of icons about the uh, role people are playing in regards to getting a sale done and as a uh, customer success basically being that renewal sales that follow on in there and everything. And so it, you, have, you have a good starting point, a good classification not just to who reports to whom, but what are their roles in regards to the uh, influence, the uh, power that they have within the organization, which is what you really, really want to know as well. So um, anyone have other morsels of uh, wisdom to share or any travel destinations that they haven't put on the chat yet, which uh, I will filter through that um, involves water and boats. Um, please raise your hands. Otherwise, I will continue uh, calling out some folks that um, I haven't heard from in, in a while. Mr. Kevin, you have been awfully quiet. <laughs> Come on, Ring Central must have something going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, a lot of our, our a lot of the things that we're doing right now is just really having the conversations uh, with, with our primary stakeholders. And uh, we it's great to hear from everybody else right now because we are looking for a lot of different uh, strategies to be able to really uh, dig deep into the org chart of our customers, especially uh, with how we're uh, trying to combat against uh, a lot of our customers leaving for a new uh, competitor into the, uh, into the market. Uh, so happy to hear from you guys. That's why I haven't been uh, really sounding out much because uh, we're, we're really at the beginning stages of, of those conversations. Uh, but our primary goal right now is to leverage uh, the connections that we have uh, that have been built through the sales process. Yeah. And then also um, leveraging um, honest conversations that we have uh, with our customers, uh, asking them if we were to move forward with um, different uh, success plans that include adding additional products, what does that process look like? So that way we are able to identify who the budget owner or the uh, executive sponsors would be for these, uh, for these activities. And then uh, we're able to start curating a uh, response and a campaign aimed at those people. Very cool. Um, I like that having a process about this so it's not just up to the individual CSM, right? but um, that there are organized playbooks, not just on an individual level, but across all accounts that you run campaigns and um, do this in a way that um, me as a math geek uh, can measure, right? The efficacy of any of your uh, plays that you're running and can do some A-B testing to make the organization and the processes and everything in the a uh, greater scheme of things, um, more efficient. So um, calling out another friend of mine who I haven't heard from today. Yes, Shari, I'm talking about you. <laughs> I knew it. And in, in a um, hopefully not for long still challenging hospitality industry, how um, do you leverage um, org charts and um, what are you doing to um, basically um, use this as an efficient tool or not? I'll be honest, it is still a challenge for us. 
um, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about it. But I do believe as I'm sitting here listening to the conversation and reading some of the chats, um, it's really about being able to coach the team around it. Um, I, one of the challenges we have, I think, is people are hesitant to talk to executives. And that is a big part of the org chart and those relationships. And I actually brought in a consultant about two years, so a year ago from this in 2019, um, to help with that and how to have conversations with executives and that kind of stuff. It was helpful, but I'm going to throw myself under the bus here as the leader of the team, and I didn't really kind of follow through and enforce it. So I think where we are now is we've started, I've implemented um, account plans and which has an entire tab dedicated to an org chart um, and what that looks like for our customer. And also there's a space for people that we don't know, but should. So <laughs> it's helpful for account management for, and even for the CSM for kind of land and expand because for us, account management sits with services, professional services, CS and account management, they don't sit with sales. So that's helpful for them, but it's getting people to remember to, like, like someone else mentioned, look at it and update it. Um, so one of the things that I would like to do this year with the team is find out what do you need from me to be able to feel confident and empowered to talk to someone outside of just instead of going from the bottom up from the top down. How do you feel more empowered? How can I help you do that? Um, and I also think on, you know, outside of training is maybe there's some sort of, in a way, to kind of push the right behaviors, can that, is it smart to tie that to some aspect of your variable comp when you talk about high value activities? I don't know if anybody else does that, but you know, can you tie like a portion of our variable is not just our NRR, but is personal contribution. And if you tie that to certain high value activities, you're kind of driving some of the right behaviors at the same time. But in any case, um, we do need to do a better, a better job at that than we have because we just get too stuck on the, bot, uh, the bottom up people. Um, yes, and um, I um, let me just uh, finish this sentence. I think Diana, you also wanted to add a comment in there, but um, not something like a broken record, but uh, the operator excellence um, video with Sif uh, Ballet and the relationships, the meaningful relationships that we need to maintain and how to measure that and how to incentivize people, I think um, is um, a good best practice. So um, I shut up again, um, Diana. Thank you. And I'm gonna build up on what um, Sherry just mentioned because the way we're trying to build the orchard right now with the CSMs, because they struggle with executive relationships is, Within the org chart, we're trying to identify the budget authority of each one of those stakeholders so that we don't lose sight and we don't waste a lot of time with the high executives when we can actually get to the next uh, renewal or the next upsell with just a lower level uh, um, stakeholder. So we are giving the CSMs those relationships that are more senior mm -hmm. director, but still have a budget authority to get us to the next uh, level of upsell or cross-sell. So building that confidence based on who do you need to talk to for next yep. is actually helping the CSMs to navigate the, their way up to the change without me as an account manager jumping in into all the relationships. Um, and that budget authority can help them with the variable uh, pay. So if they actually achieve a renewal just with a director level, that's also helping them achieve their bonus, et cetera. Thank you so, so much for sharing, appreciate it. Um, 
we're almost at the um, end of our session here. So um, it is screenshot time. So everyone look awake, alert, including Matt and smile. Thank you very much. And we're going on three, two, one, and here it goes. Thank you guys. Um, I hope you have a wonderful and successful week. Um, see you back, uh, hopefully re refreshed. In the meantime, go into the community, post your templates, look at the jobs, post the jobs, anything that you find and um, look for the uh, write-up um, and uh, LinkedIn posts by uh, Bertel and myself. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing. Um, not just the good, but the bad and the ugly, the struggles that you have with this, um, so that others like myself were always uh, eager to, uh, to learn and don't have perfection, don't feel uh, alone in this. So um, take care and bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.